Hi, I'm Bruce Weinstein, and this is Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and what are we doing today? Today we are doing Riceopedia. <laughs> I love that, Riceopedia. So what we're going to do is we want to talk all about rice today. We're going to do a series of shows that are Opedias. Uh, we considered titling these uh, after this shut up about blank. <laughs> But we decided not to. We decided that was too mean. So this is a rice piece, especially show. right after the election. Yes, yeah, so this is all about rice. So I want let's let's just start with the basic basic fact okay. of rice and what is white and brown rice. Well, that basically what you just said is what most people think about rice. Yes. Most of the population knows that there is white rice and knows that there's brown rice. Correct. What they don't know is what makes it white or brown, nor that there are other rices within those categories. So let's just start with what makes it white or brown. Let me just say that rice is a grain. And so since it's a grain, it has four parts. And I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to let you take over from here. Okay. Okay, there's the hull, Mm -hmm. which is indigestible. There is the endosperm, the bran, and the germ. Basically, the hull gets cracked open, and the endosperm is part of the food that drives the seed to germinate and... Yeah, the endosperm is is the starch. It's the white part that's sugary and starchy. Right. And uh, just for a little aside, there is one grain which has an edible hull, and that's oh, corn. It's always it's, a tricky one. It is tricky. You can actually eat the hull. And there's no other grains where you can eat and digest the hull. Okay. We, we used to run culinary trivia uh, games on Holland America ships back when we taught on Holland America. And we'd run these culinary trivia games. And our tiebreaker was always, what is the one grain that you can eat the hull of? No one ever got and it. And no one ever got it because it's corn, and they just never think of corn. Okay, anyway. I mean, think about you popcorn and everyone says i get the hulls stuck in my teeth <laughs> well you're eating the hull right you can't eat the hulls of wheat you can't eat the hulls of most you grains. would probably break your teeth trying mm, yeah okay, okay so, so when you take that grain of rice with its hull and you remove the hull what's under there as mark said is the endosperm the white sweet starchy piece it's surrounded by the bran and it has the germ on the bottom and the germ is the oily part it's what can actually make brown rice go rancid but it's got a lot of flavor in it so when you take the hull off you're left with the bran coated grain of rice with the germ and that is basically brown rice basically and if you take off the bran and the germ you are left with white rice correct it's called milling when they get rid of the germ and the bran around the, the grain of rice okay so um let's where should we go from here Let's talk about other colors. There's not just brown and white. There are actually other colors of rice. <laughs> I think a lot of people know, know that. And we've talked about white rice already, and we right. talked about brown yeah. rice. Um, and what you may not know is that every white or brown rice that you can buy, you, you probably know some of these words like basmati or arborio or short grain or sushi. You may know these words. Yeah. Every single one of these can be bought as white or brown. That's right. It's just a matter of whether they've taken the bran off or not. Right. Now, if you're going to do the nana thing and stir risotto for 5,000 years on the stove, brown Arborio what doesn't really work. Unfortunately, the, that bran and that germ keep it from getting super creamy. Right. So right? there are some there are some recipes where you must use white rice, and it just won't work right. to use brown rice. But there are other colors, and what makes other rice have other colors are strange, different things. For instance, there's something called red rice, mm. and when you remove the inedible mm. hull of that rice. 
the bran is actually red colored. Mm. So it's a whole grain rice. It's like brown so, rice, but it's got its. It's so nutty. Yeah. So its bran is red and it's really, really delicious. And it's also, I find when you make red rice, it's either, it's probably the varietal, it's either super dry or it's it's kind of mushy. Um, mushy yeah. is the wrong word, but it's kind of exploded. That will depend again on the varietal. As Mark said, you know, when we're talking about whites and browns, there's basmati and mm-hmm. there's arborio. Mm-hmm. Well, there are different styles of red rice as well. There's a Himalayan red rice. Um, there are different kinds, and each one has its own texture. And now, let me let me say, I'm just gonna I'm gonna come out of the closet. Oh God, for the 500th time in my <laughs> life, I'm gonna come out of the closet and just say that I much prefer brown rice, and I much prefer red rice, and I like it because I think it has more flavor to it. It's not just sweet. It's not just sweet. But that said. That said, and I'm going to say this, <laughs> I'm going to come out of the closet, and now the 501st time. That said, when you make really spicy Korean stews like that pork tofu mm. and kimchi and pork stew that you make, or when you make really, really spicy Sichuan food, I really prefer white rice. It's something about the balance of sweet and spicy that I think is what you're uh, reacting to. I think it is like if you make a beef stew in an American or a French or Western tradition and you're going to serve it with rice, I actually prefer it over brown rice. I do too. It's a textural thing um, as well as a flavor thing. But although a beef, a, a Western beef stew to me is just lost and overwhelmed by the sweetness of plain white yeah, rice. Yeah, it's beef is already sweet and carrots are already sweet. Yep. The onions are already sweet. Yep. And so it, it, it's that 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 stuff, that uh, the Korean dish that you make with the sauerkraut and the pork and the mm-hmm. tofu and the five million onions that stews for forever, that has such complex flavor to it that it needs that white rice to balance it. Okay, so now I'm going to say talk about, I'm going to introduce something, and Bruce can take it from here because Bruce knows more about this than I do. But then there is also, there's not just white, brown, and red. There's also black rice, and mm. black rice comes in two different varieties. There's an Asian variety that's called sometimes forbidden rice that's very sticky, and there's a U.S. variety, black japonica, which is much earthier and crunchier. And I'm going to bow out of this because I'm going to say I actually don't really like black rice all that much. So you take it and explain why it's good. Well, I do like the flavor. It's got a very deep flavor, and it actually is kind of sweet, too. Um, it's a whole grain rice. You're getting the color, but a combination of places. You're getting the color from the bran as well as the endosperm is not white on black rices. Um, they're not very common. And Wait, I just have to interrupt you and say... We are recording this in New England, and the doors are open, and it is November, and you can hear a plane going over right now. And what I'm only—I I like, I love this. And the weather is so ridiculously warm. <laughs> we have trained one of our colleagues to keep planes from landing in the backyard, so I'm surprised he's not barking out there because it is his job to keep the yard plane-free, and he has done it for seven years. <laughs> yes, and— uh, it's amazing that it's so warm today. It's in the mid-70s in New England, and uh, we're recording this in mid-November, and it is so warm that we've got the windows open, so there goes a plane. All right, so I want to go back to black okay. rice for a second. Go on. I don't actually like it very much either. Um, there's something about the japonica that is a little too firm and al dente, even mm. when it's well-cooked mm. for my taste, mm. and black sticky rice I got a problem with, I don't digest it very well. Oh. I don't know what that's about, oh. but it kind of doesn't, I don't like it. Oh, I don't, I don't have that issue. I just have an issue that, 
it's the only time I've ever had the forbidden rice, the really sticky forbidden rice, is with Asian fare, and I'm always then thinking in my head, why am I not having white rice? And I know that is really horrible, but it, it's just what I think in my head because I think that the white, the sweetness of the white rice balances the musky, sour, spicy bits better. Yeah. Okay, so talk about green rice. Well, green rice is interesting because it's made green by a process. It's basically white rice. Um, and rice, the, the hull is removed, and then it's milled to remove the bran and the germ. And then the rice, usually a medium grain, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, um, is made green by pressure treating it with bamboo juice. So they're infusing the color and flavor of bamboo, and sometimes it's called bamboo rice, into the white rice. So notice we got white, brown, red, black, green. And did you know that there's this thing out there called golden rice? In fact, sometimes yellow, but it is it is often called golden. Yeah, no, yellow. But we don't. I don't mean yellow rice no. is in Spanish rice. I know. No, no. What's mostly sold when you see it in Whole Foods is listed as golden rice. And the deal with golden rice is it's a it's an EU Euro, European Union concoction in which beta carotene has actually been added to the rice grains. And I don't mean added um, after they're harvested. I mean They've actually developed plants so the rice has beta carotene. It's genetically modified rice, so yep. it has a color. Mm -hmm. The same chemical that gives color to carrots mm -hmm. gives and color to butternut the rice. squash. And it does have a weirdly squashy, sweet flavor to it. And I don't know. I'm I'm not smart enough to have known this. I don't know whether I'm just imagining that when I've had it or whether that is the truth. But I have read other people claim the same thing. So maybe we're all having the same delusion together. Yeah, we may be. It's not, it's not my favorite. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of a sushi rice, white sushi rice, again, with our when we have spicy Asian food. I love brown rice um, when we eat beef, as you said. Um, I like the green rice. It's really kind of good, but it doesn't really have the health benefits of brown rice. But so let's talk about that. Why is almost any form of brown rice better for you, Mark? Well, why it is, and this is a longer conversation, but why it is is because when you remove the bran and the germ, you're really moving, removing a lot from the grain. And by removing the bran, you're taking away B1, B3, iron. You're pulling all of that out of the rice. There are some varieties of white rice that are enriched, which means they've had those nutrients added back to the white. But honestly, they're there in the brown. They're... <laughs> They're, they're there by nature, so you're going just, to take them out and then add them back right. in. Right. And, you know, you're also losing magnesium, and there are certain beneficial fatty acids in the in the bran and the germ, and you're losing all of them by milling it out and just doing white rice. But there's no question that brown rice isn't better. But lately, you've been using this weird cross. <laughs> Don't talk about that. I love this rice called haiga, H-A-I-G-A. Haiga rice is it's brown rice with the bran removed. So you have the exposed endosperm, so it kind of looks like white rice, but the germ is kept on. So each grain of rice still has the little brown bit of germ that adds mm. so much mm. flavor mm -hmm. and oils to it. Mm -hmm. So you get the flavor of brown rice. You get some of the health benefits. You don't get all the fiber. The fiber is gone with the bran. Right. But you get a lot of the other um, health benefits and it cooks as quickly as white rice. And we should note here, we're going to come back to this, but we should note that haiga and all these rices that in which you keep the bran and or germ, they go rancid more quickly. But we'll come back to that they in a do. minute. So t talk for just a second about the fiber. Well, brown rice has so much fiber because of that bran. You're going to get 1.8 grams of fiber for every three and a half ounces of rice. Now, before you say that's not much, white rice only has a third of a gram. You're getting six times the fiber 
in brown rice yeah. than in white rice. And that's really crucial if you have blood sugar issues, if you have um, all those kind of, if you have digestive issues in which you, no, I don't mean to be gross, but if you're constipated, <laughs> eat brown rice. God, you just see that. See, the Southern Christian is trying to dance around it. Um, don't so, flush till mommy looks. Oh, gross. Anyway, um, every Jewish child has heard that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's a reason why Woody Allen's in therapy. Anyway, um, so if you if you have issues of all sorts, brown rice is a better choice for you, and it's better for blood sugar. It's better for lots of reasons. It, listen, it all comes down to the fiber. There's B1 and B3 and all that stuff, and magnesium. Yes, of course, but really, honestly, it's, the fiber. it's coming down to the fiber. It all comes down to fiber. It really does. So, so um, we're going to go now off into the different kinds of rice, not colors, but kinds. Yeah, we talked at the beginning that within white, within brown, even within red, there are different varietals. Um, you've heard the, the, the phrase long grain rice, um, usually referred to for as like basmati and jasmine. And you've heard medium grain rice, often called arborio is one kind or, of medium or grain. Valencia. Or Valencia rice or boba rice. Right. Those are used in risotto and Spanish rice and dishes paella. and paella. Sometimes medium rice is used for sushi. Sushi rice can be medium or short grain. They get the shorter the grain is, gets sticky. Now, interestingly, I'm not talking about length when I say short, am I, Mark? No, you're not. It, it, here's the thing is the grains, when we say long, medium, and short, we're actually talking about kind of starch. And this is going to get a little technical, so just let me be technical for just a minute. All rice has two kinds of starches in it. It has amylose and amylopectin. And amylose lies in tight packed lines along parallel planes. And amylopectin, by contrast, is all jumbled together, sticking out every which way in every grain. Short grain rice is called that because it's short on amylose, meaning it has more amylopectin spiking out of the grain. And because of those little spiky, starchy bits, it's stickier. And long grain rice is long because it's long on amylose, which packs together in nice little planes. And so it seems drier. It seems more compact when cooked. But luckily, Long grain rices tend to be lengthier in in length. They tend to. They don't have to, though. They don't have to be. But mostly the long grain rices, which are long on the amylose, also happen to be lengthier than the other ones. They, so it just do, works out that way. But it, Yeah, but again, there's a lot of Japanese rice that is short grain rice that the grains are actually long, but it's sticky. It really, I know it seems weird because you think you're measuring grains, but you're actually measuring amylose mm -hmm. in the grain. And whether uh, whether amylose is present or how present it is, is it long in the grain or short in the grain? And that amylose packs together really tightly. And when it packs together really tightly, the grain seems really dry. So thus, long grain rice like basmati and jasmine seem really dry. Yeah. And arborio and Valencia and those rices that are medium grain kind of have a balance of the two. And you notice that they're kind of sticky, kind of dry. I don't know how to put that Well, basically there. what you're saying is that the, the chemical makeup of the rice is what gives the rice either its stickiness or its dryness. That's right. And that level of dryness or stickiness then helps us decide 
what recipes and how to use it, right? That's right. And it all has to do with what you should use it for. So long grain rices, which again are long in amylose, so they're drier. Those are better rices for pilafs, for fried rice dishes, uh, for biryani. Anything where the rice needs to be separated. You can't make biryani with short grain rice or medium grain rice. It's disgusting. It's a sticky mess. Yeah, it's a a, sticky It's a gross mess. There There is a dish that we made in our book, Grain Mains. Do you remember this? And it's a Japanese harvest dish that's made with sweet potatoes and chestnuts. And it's supposed to be for the new crop of rice. And I make it with a medium grain brown rice. So bake a brown arborio, which you cannot use, as we said earlier, for risotto because you won't get that creaminess. But it's perfect in this sort of brown rice pilaf, Japanese style made with ginger and chestnuts and sweet potatoes. And a little millet actually added into it. Yeah, it's got millet in it. That's right. And let me say that one thing that I want to say since we're on short and long grain rice. I mean, most people buy long grain rice because it's the one that you pick up in the store. And it's most of the things that you see are long grain rice sitting there on the standard supermarket shelf. However, medium grain rice, as we've already said, is better for paella. And, of course, you have to have it for risotto. But the other thing I think medium grain rice like Arborio is best for is rice pudding. I think it makes the Mm. best rice pudding. In fact, I don't think long grain rice like basmati makes decent rice pudding. And, you know, well, I know there's a whole continent arguing with you about <laughs> that, but I agree with there you because there's a chewiness and a slight stickiness and a mm-hmm. creaminess you mm-hmm. get from the arborio mm-hmm. that you're not going to get from a jasmine or from, you know, a basmati. And let me just make a plug right here that the easiest way to cook rice, medium grain rice white rice into rice pudding is with an instant pot. I know I seem like I'm pumping my own books here, but no joke, it is the best way to make the best rice pudding. And the fastest way is you use white arborio and you make rice pudding out of yeah, it. And it's, it's perfectly perfect. Now, the short grain rice is the sticky ones. They're short because they're short on amylose. Now, many of them tend to also be tiny little grains. Sometimes. Those are perfect for things that you want to be sticky and hold together like sushi, like fried rice cakes, and mm-hmm. like sweet Asian sticky rice desserts. Yeah, and like that coconut milk Thai thing that everybody gets mm-hmm. in every American mm-hmm. <laughs> restaurant with, with the mango. mango on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that really short grain rice. And I actually love short grain rice underneath um, mm, like Thai masaman curry, those kind of curries that are Thai or coconut based. I think it's good under there. It's sticky. It holds together. It's not, I wouldn't put it under a a traditional East Indian curry, like a vindaloo. No, then I'm going to go for a longer grain that's drier and fluffier. Right. Okay. So now we got all kinds of rices. So now talk about storing rice. The first thing about storing rice is let's start with buying rice. Unless you're going to eat a whole lot of rice, don't buy the 20-pound bags. I mean, look, if you eat rice every day, sure, buy the 20-pound bag, especially not if you're buying the brown or the high rice because it will most likely go rancid before you get a chance to eat it all. If you're buying white rice, yeah, that'll last a lot longer than the brown rice, but you want to keep it in a Ziploc bag, tightly oh. closed, oh, or a tightly, tightly sealed airtight container. Don't just slice open the plastic bag oh. and then keep it sitting open in your pantry. Oh, that's so irritating. It'll also absorb moisture. There's grains of rice everywhere, but we should also say that moths tend to lay eggs in rice. Mm. So again, if you're going if you're going to eat a lot of rice, buy that 20-pound bag, that 50 I've seen the 50-pound bags at Costco. Buy that 50-pound bag, but you <laughs> got to use it up. And don't forget that brown rice goes rancid more quickly. And we talked about this because of the brand mostly. So how do you know it's, if it's rancid? Well, 
You know, it's the only way to do it is smell it. Mm. If you open up the package and it smells acrid, it smells a little bit funky, it smells a little bit mm, like gym socks, like <laughs> your teenager's gym socks, it's off and throw it out. I can, I will tell you that. I think the best way to store brown rice, if you intend it for the long haul, is to stick it in your freezer. It is, you can stick it in the freezer. It does compromise. There's a little bit of compromise in the grains because the moisture gets locked inside the grains and then they, they're not quite as plump and firm. They're a little bit exploded and mushy when they come out, but it's still better than It'll keep them from rice. going rancid. It yeah, will. Okay, yeah. so there's a lot of things also when you go to the supermarket that are labeled rice. And they're not really rice. Yeah. The one I think that people are always confused about is wild rice. Wild rice is technically not a rice. Wild rice is actually a grass, not a rice. It's not, as they say, this is the term used, paddy rice. It is a wild grass. And in fact, it's separate grains. It's generally indigenous to the upper Midwest of the U.S., like um, near Bemidji, Minnesota, and the, uh, the U.P. Minnesota. Minnesota. Ooh. And up uh, in the U.P. of Michigan. But now the bulk of wild rice is grown out in the California valleys uh, by people. It's very nutty. <laughs> like, the, the, like the Lundgren Farms. And you, you cook it differently. Rice, white rice, brown rice, green rice, red rice. Mostly you cook it with just the right amount of water so that when it's done, the water is gone, right? And the rice right. is perfect. Right. Wild rice is different. You just kind of boil it like pasta. You boil the hell out of it and then drain it. <laughs> I mean, that's the way you cook wild rice. <laughs> Somewhat. I grew up on converted rice, and converted rice is its whole thing. It's parboiled rice mm, so that it cuts down on the cooking. And then, of course, there's instant rice, which is fully cooked rice. It's been dehydrated. And you, you know what? You can also buy fully cooked rice now. Oh, I, You can oh, buy them. They're in little can. shrink wrap packages, and you just like – because people are getting so lazy, they don't even want to cook rice. But honestly – if you're going to really up your cooking game, don't buy converted in instant rice. Just just pull it up a little bit. It, that stuff is so gummy and so and you know <laughs> what else to you the could roof do? of your mouth like Wonder Bread. Buy yourself a Japanese or a Korean rice cooker. Yeah, well, because they cook every kind of rice known to mankind, and it comes out perfect every single time. Well, that's our last point. And so let's talk about um, rice cookers. What, what Bruce uses a rice cooker, honestly, he uses our rice cooker. Weekly. My parents gave him this rice cooker, I don't know how long ago. They bought it for him and you use it all the time. So what do you look for in a rice cooker? Um, first of all, I wanna look for one that has multiple settings, not just white rice, and not just brown rice. I want one that has a setting for sweet rice, which is the short grain sticky rice. I want one with a setting for sushi rice. Um, so I want to make sure that it has all of those things. A non-stick coating is good inside so the rice doesn't stick to that. It needs a good snapshot lid um, so that the lid's not bubbling off when the rice starts to cook and an automatic keep warm cycle. So as soon as the rice is done, it clicks to keep warm. Right. And the the term used in the industry in these cookers, these really, really modern fancy cookers, is fuzzy logic. And that is that it has this way that it adjudicates the moisture content in there and that it determines when it should shut off. And a rice cooker also steams the rice. I mean, in many Asian families, of course, you set the rice cooker to go in the morning and then it basically sits there all day, <laughs> basically steaming the rice, as it were. So it's all ready but you don't have to do that you can just get a rice cooker and they are amazing yeah, at making rice i would highly recommend 
a rice cooker if you're a rice lover. Uh, yeah, I, I, I grew up with the whole rice fear. I'm old enough to remember, oh my God, the rice burn, the rice sticks, the rice does this, the rice makes Lucy and Ethel go crazy, the rice makes, <laughs> you know, that rice was this hard thing, this really, and I think that there's some racism behind that. I do, I think there's, rice was coming into this country with other immigrant groups in the early 20th century, and I think there's a little racism connected to it, but at the same time, it was always seen as so hard and a rice cooker just makes it not hard no, it, it makes it really it easy. makes it so super easy it can't be better so this was our riceopedia and we hope you picked up some pointers you didn't know something that you will use with you in the kitchen next time you go to make rice hey and did you know we have a cooking channel on youtube cooking with bruce and mark bruce and i alternate doing recipes we've got crazy things i think i have gluten-free pancakes and you have ginger snap cookies and we have all kinds of things up on our youtube channel cooking for some mark check it out and see what's going on there check us out on social media on facebook twitter and instagram you can find us we can connect there's a page cooking with bruce and mark on facebook that is sometimes really insanely active uh, <laughs> with lots of opinions about everything so check that out too and come back the next time for another episode of cooking with bruce and mark <laughs>